seated. Thank you, Lord. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I'm really blessed to be able to uh, baptize little Grayson. What beautiful eyes he has. They're piercing. These little piercing eyes. He doesn't just look at you. He kind of like goes right inside. (laughs) Amazing. I can tell you without hesitation that uh, that little guy, Grayson, is loved. Not a single bit of doubt about that. And, um, and he's special in a lot of ways. There's something, um, if you have children, there's something special about the firstborn. Not that the others aren't special, but um, there's just this amazement that you did that, and they're like alive, you know, and uh, <laughs> they look, and you stare at them a lot. Like, and you play the who do they look like game. Have you ever played that? <laughs> and, uh, and there's uh, definitely something special about the birth of a grandchild, no matter in what order or gender they come. The, 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 anybody who's a grandparent will nod and uh, know exactly what I'm talking about. They're just, uh, there's, a, there's a, I believe it's, it's scriptural and it's evidence that it's our inheritance. Your grandchildren are your inheritance. Your grandchildren are your blessing that come for you. Um, and so here, and I believe all life is sacred. All life is special. I, I, uh, I particularly, I love little children. Doesn't matter where they come from or how they get there, but they're evidence that, that God is good. You know, uh, I got a card. I think one of my children was born. Is uh, that? I remember in the front of the card said that. Children are, are God's way of showing us that he still loves us. You know, that, that this blessing comes into the world and that all life is sacred. And it's all life. I think we've gone through a season, I hope, as Americans to understand that the elderly are sacred. And we should stop locking them away and throwing them away, that their life is sacred and special and honor our elderly and uh, among us. And... Uh, and, and enjoy the wisdom that, that they bring uh, to our culture because life is sacred. And when I started off just saying, you know, Grayson's loved because he, Grayson was created to be loved. You and I were, were created to receive love. And if you hold a baby in your arms, they just receive love. They sense it when you love them. They can sense when you're disturbed. They, they just pick it up naturally. They're just created to be loved. You don't have to teach a kid how to hug. One of the first things they learn is how to give kisses. They love that to be touched because they're made to be loved. And so are you and I. We're, we're made to receive love. And in that, in that process, we're, we're learning how to give love because we're also made to give love. But we do that out of having received it first. We receive it, and then we give it. There's some great studies in child psychology that, that uh, about deprivation of stimuli from parents that, that's really almost frightening. 
And they just, all they did is just videoed interaction between a mother and babies, and some with fathers, but especially with the mothers, and eye contact. And, and they would have the mother just turn her head, and you could see the baby go into panic. Uh, and it wasn't because they, they were not going to get fed or whatever. It's because the love they perceived was being withdrawn from them. And because they're just made, made for those moments. And, uh, and, and we should hug them as much as we can. But they're also made to be dependent. We start off in life dependent. I always think about that on Christmas with our Lord. You know, our Lord, who was fully human, was also, we see God totally dependent on his mother. A dependent God. You know? Because Jesus was God. He wasn't becoming God, like Mary didn't give him God lessons. You know? <laughs> He, he, he was God, and, but he was drawn in a swaddling clothes. He was dependent on his parents. Because think of that, that the creator was dependent on the creation. And, um, and he was made to be loved and ultimately gave the ultimate love. But that's a good thing, and I'll explain that in a minute. And um, so he's created to be dependent on his father and mother, and what he learns is independence in some way. That's a learned behavior. It doesn't come, you know. Uh, children aren't comfortable with it at first. You get a kid when he starts to walk, he'll only go so far. And then they turn around, make sure you're still there. You know, because after all, there's no lunch if you disappear. <laughs> you know? <laughs> One of the saddest moments of this past week, I don't know about you, but, and I'm not making a political statement, believe me. Not, not, this is not political, but I was watching, you know, the migration and uh, the immigrants coming over, and they came across some news station somewhere, I don't know which one, came across these two little kids that had just been abandoned, and uh, by, you know, they paid the cartels or whoever bring them over, I think they call them coyotes, and they got them over the border, and they just left them, and they were interviewing this little boy, probably... Oh, he couldn't have been much more than six. And, uh, and they asked, where are your parents? And he said, they, I don't know. And where, who are you with? They just left us. We're all alone. And I, I just started weeping. Because how unnatural is that? How unnatural to abandon a child, you know? And then those poor kids, that you could see the fear in their face, you know, like being dropped in a land, not knowing the language, not knowing where you're going to get a meal, not knowing where you're going to sleep. Because we're made to be dependent. We need, a, we need each other, do you know that? You can try to deny that, but we need each other. And that's the way we're created. And uh, because we're made in the image of God, we're made to love and to be dependent on God. We're made to be loved by God and to be taken care of by God. That's why he says, trust me. Well, what are you trusting him for? Trusting him in everything. That independence of God, there's freedom. And what happens when we learn that, when, when we start with, I'm loved, that solves a whole lot of your life problems, by the way. There's too many people running around that don't know their love, now where that came from. And, and if you get there, you start seeking it in all kinds of different places. 
But the only way you're going to get love is from God, because God is love. If you want to know what love is, you've got to know God, because he is love. And so there's a moment when you have the child and you're alone. I'm sure you've had it if you have children. You're just, I know for myself when they're little, and you're just holding them, and you're staring at them, and you just sense that love. That's God. It's all around us. When we feel that love inside, we're encountering God, because God is love. And so that's reflected that to be the image of God, the likeness of Jesus, which then means, you know, Romans 8, 29, that we're called to love one another. What does he tell us to do? Love one another. That's reflecting the image, image of God. You know, the, 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 reason, the, the reason Jesus came, it's right in the Bible, it's because God so loved the world. Father loves the world and loves us. So the task, I believe, of parenting and the church is to show people that love. It's a, it's a task of mom and dad and the extended family to show Grayson or any child, anyone, and to show everybody that they're loved. I think the greatest thing that can happen is in, the, in the church is not coming to the church to find out you're a sinner. I don't need to go to church to find that out. I just need to look in the mirror, you know? It's, it's to know that I'm loved and I'm forgiven. That's, I, I, I've kind of included after all the years that I'm really, really thankful that I'm not perfect. And that, I'm, and that I'm a sinner, because knowing that, I know I need a Savior. And I have a Savior. Jesus is my Savior. You know? And, and, he's, and that's what it means to be a Christian. Christian is not to say, uh, you know, I'm perfect. Now that I've found Jesus, I'm perfect. No, you're not. You're a liar. <laughs> Work on that one, you know? <laughs> you might try self-righteous. You know, but perfect you're not. And, and, but I'm loved. I'm loved by God. And, and he knows I'm imperfect. And I belong to him. And I'm, I'm forgiven by him. You see, becoming a follower of Jesus is not graduating from disciple school. You know, I got the diploma. I'm a disciple. As if you got there. You're a disciple because God chose you. That's why the apostles were apostles. He said, they turned to them at one point. I love it. He said, you didn't choose me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. You had nothing to do with it. And I didn't choose you because you were perfect or wise or smart. In fact, sometimes I think Jesus went out of his way to find the 12 dumbest people in the entire universe, you know, <laughs> to turn the plan over to. And, 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 and it makes sense if you realize that God's not calling us to be perfect. He's calling us to be faithful. He's calling us into a relationship with him. He's calling us to be dependent on him in everything. 
not just finances, but in relationships and plans, to walk by faith and not by sight, you know, to, to, to learn that he's there. See, so to come and, and, and learning that, that God becomes the source of our total supply. And we need to teach our children that, that God is the source. Now, who's really good at that, you can delegate it. If you have children and you're, pretty, and you're having a hard time teaching that, uh, turn them over to the grandparents, because they will give, believe me. It gets in your DNA. Once the baby's born, their entire life as a grandparent is how can I give more to my grandchildren? And they know it, by the way. <laughs> They're not, my grandchildren know, you having trouble? Talk to Papa. He'll work it out for you, you know. I tell this, I don't know if I told this story. One of my favorite stories about my grandchildren is one of them is, is a Charlotte. Did I tell that here? Charlotte, who's the, who's the next to the youngest of the Melansons. She was about four, maybe, at the time. We were out back in the pool. And just Sunday gathering. My family's always gathered on Sunday. And, uh, <clears throat> and the ice cream truck would come around. It's amazing how the ice cream truck knows where there's family gatherings. <laughs> I mean, like, these guys must have radar or something like that, you know? And, of course, what, what happens? Eh, the children go running to the ice cream man, you know, yelling, popping, and, um, it, you know, just draws them. Well, my kids were grandchildren well-disciplined, so they don't run to the ice cream man, but they ran to their mother <laughs> and said, we, can we have ice cream? Can we have ice cream? And uh, Katie, who's a mother, said, no, you haven't had your dinner yet, and after dinner, you can have ice cream. Well, little Charlotte, time like four, turns her eyes towards Papa. <laughs> and comes over and says, Papa, can I have ice cream? And I said, no, you can't have ice cream. Your mother said you can't have ice cream. But next time, when the ice cream man comes, <laughs> you know where to go. <laughs> so sure enough, the following Sunday, the ice cream man goes by. All the others run over to their mother. Charlotte comes to a dead stop. <laughs> turns around, comes over to me and says, big smile on her face. Papa, can I have ice cream? Of course, darling. <laughs> you just need to know where your blessings come from. There's a spiritual truth in that. When we're in that point of being dependent, we need to turn to God. He's the source of our blessings. He's the source of life and goodness and provision. And we need to teach our children that. And live that way, that God loves Grayson. He doesn't have to do anything to earn his love. He doesn't even, even uh, you know, there's even a point, I said you learn from grandparents too. Some of the things, I was sitting one day and uh, I'm watching TV and uh, actually it was Jocelyn, my first, and she had got hold of the remote and she's sitting there and she's changing the stations one after another. And Katie comes out and looks at me and goes, who are you? 
Who, who stole your body? You're not my father. You know? That's all right, it's cute. You know? Whole change of attitude. God, God, is, God is like that, I think, sometimes with us. It's not this disapproving father, you know, who's always having, you know, getting ready on the verge of annihilating us. No, he loves us. That's good news. Doesn't mean we don't, we don't sin. I sin, but I know where to get forgiven. I know where the grace is to change. I know where the, 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 I'm dependent on him for life. Yeah, we've got to teach our kids a lot of useful information, but I think the most important thing we can teach them is about Jesus and who he is. You see? And that I have a Savior and I'm not condemned. I'm, I don't, I'm not called to get into this, this self-loathing that so many people are in. That's not my God. It's not the God of the, of the scriptures. You see, our, my God is one who actually pulls me out of temptation. My God sends the Holy Spirit and, and leads and directs and guides and is always there. I have a God that listens to my prayers and actually likes to talk to me. And wants to talk to me and wants to be with me. See, he doesn't... Grayson will learn, I know this family, and he'll learn that he's loved, and his parents learned that they were loved, and that there's an inheritance that will be his. And he can learn, you see, where to go. Where to go and who, to, that he lives in the presence of God. And so do we. We live in the presence of God all the time. The question is what we're going to do about it. What do we do with that? What do we do with the fact that we're loved, the fact that we're forgiven? Well, you know what Jesus said to do? He said, go and love as you've been loved. That's go and forgive as you've been forgiven. That's what he said to do with it. Go into the world and be light. You know, talk about light. Just bring light to the world. You know? Because I, I learned one of the things, if you're in darkness, you don't know it. You don't know you're in darkness. People, you say, they're walking in darkness. They don't know they're in the darkness. The only way they're going to know they're in the darkness is if you turn the light on. And the light will be that love of God. That light will be that forgiveness of God. And that, my brothers and sisters, is the good news. That's the grace of God. And to, and to walk in that. I'm pretty sure, pretty certain, that this little guy with these beautiful blue eyes has a good road ahead of him. And that he'll, he'll coming out of a good inheritance He's coming out of a generational blessing, you know, that's been passed down and will be passed down. And he'll be a significant player in the kingdom of God. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Where are we going? Peace? All right, please stand.
The peace of the Lord be always with you. Turn and greet somebody with some kind of sign of God's peace. Mm -hmm.